Today we'll look at why sometimes it's not enough to just show the picture to tell the whole story and special guest Monica Andre shares her experience and her issues when doing people photography while traveling. This episode is supported by PhotoPlus. Join the photography and videography community at PhotoPlus 2019, October 24th to 26th at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. This three-day photography and videography event exposes you to everything you need to improve your business and hone your craft. Get your hands on the newest gear from leading brands and hear practical tips during interactive sessions led by well-known experts directly in their booths. Visit PhotoPlusExpo.com and use promo code TOPFLOOR to register for free. This is Tips from the Top Floor, episode 879 for September the 19th, 2019. Tips from the top, from the top floor, tips from the top, all right, from the top floor. Hey, and welcome, it's Chris Marquardt, you're listening to Tips from the Top Floor. How is your photography doing? <laughs> Serious question, when's the last time you've picked up your camera to deliberately uh, work on that creative muscle? Is that more than a week? If that's the case, then pause this show right away. Right now, press the pause button, grab your camera and spend five minutes. Um, here's your task. Hunt for something interesting uh, around your place. You get five minutes. I'm serious. That's all it takes. I want you to stop, press pause, stop, no pause button. Do we have pause buttons anymore? Press the stop button. Go Shoot for five minutes right now. I'm serious. I'll wait. I won't go anywhere. All right. Welcome back. Got your five minutes in? Hey, I'm proud of you. <laughs> okay. That is literally five more minutes of photography that you wouldn't have done without this. So... Uh, yeah, if you've got something interesting, if there's a photo that came out of those five minutes, post it on your favorite social media with the hashtag TFTTFNow. Yeah, that's TFTTFNow. I want to see your photos. And everyone else will too, so post them. All right, today's going to be a different uh, different show. There's a chance that we'll go a bit meta on this show. Because even... Uh, yeah, possibly even a bit uncomfortable at times because I've asked my better half, Monica, who is an amazing photographer in her own right, about what stresses her in photography. And you might have noticed this is currently my favorite question. I'm asking everyone that because, you know, over over the years in with doing, doing the photo tours and the workshops locally here, we just a couple of weeks ago had a workshop here again. Um... This is something that I started to realize that everyone has some stress points in terms of photography. Something that they don't like about it. Something that makes it difficult for them. Uh, I have those too. And uh, so, so I asked Monica about that. And we got into a deep discussion that moved into, into travel and people photography and people while traveling and... While that's not along the lines of the typical Q&A type show, like stuff that you would typically expect here, uh, you know, where you ask, how do I do X, Y, Z? And I answer, do this or that. Uh, well, this one is clearly not along those lines. I think it's an important discussion to have. It's a fascinating discussion to have, especially because it is about 
how we feel about the things we do as photographers. It's, a, it's about the perception of others when they look at our photos. It's about uh, the means to tell the story, the whole story that might not that you might not be able to tell in just a, one single photo. And above all, it's I mean it's about things like respect, uh, respect towards our subjects, the, the people we photograph, the people we encounter in foreign countries. And also the respect among each others when we're somewhere as a group and different people might have different goals and you have to align that somehow. So it really is an interesting discussion. I, I really think uh, it's, well, it's definitely worth listening to. Before that, um, I'm putting this early in the show because I don't want uh, to interrupt the discussion. So let me say a quick thanks to this week's sponsor, Photo Plus Expo. You've established a solid career, but these days it can be tough to shine among growing competition. What are you doing to make sure you're up to date with the latest trends, technologies and techniques? Register for Photo Plus 2019. This three-day photography and videography event exposes you to everything you need to improve your business and hone your craft. Get your hands on the newest gear from leading brands and hear practical tips and tricks during interactive sessions led by well-known experts. Exhibitors host education sessions directly in their booths. Topics cover everything from lighting, composition and design to image capture, retouching and storage and better promoting yourself and your work. No matter your speciality, You'll connect with peers and creative leaders and gain access to a full spectrum of technical and tactical knowledge to put into action right away. Your competition continues to elevate. Take the time to invest in your craft. Join the entire photography and videography community at Photo Plus 2019, October 24th to 26th at the Javits Convention Center in New York City. Visit photoplusexpo.com and use promo code TOPFLOOR to register now for free. All right, let's get on with the discussion. So, Monica, I've recently been talking uh, about stress in photography and I've asked on Twitter how, what in photography is stressful to people. And uh, I've done this because I have just over the years doing workshops and meeting a lot of photographers, I've noticed that they are stressed about things. Is there anything in photography that that you are stressed about? Hmm. Now I'm asking myself where to start. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that stresses me out most is comparing myself to other photographers. Okay. Especially those that are with me um, during my photo trip or my photo tour. You're talking about a specific tour here, aren't you? <laughs> no, not really. It, I, I see that... Uh, that I tend to become more and more aware of the people, of the photographers around me. The, the longer I take photographs, the more stressed I get. That's, that's a funny thing. So, 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 so is this, okay, let, let, me, let me try to paint a picture here. And uh, I was, uh, I was um, alluding to a specific tour because after that you were at least partially upset about several situations and we're talking about Ethiopia where you were surrounded by a bunch of nerds with big lenses and big cameras and you had your 
your film camera with your your Pentax 67. Yeah, this was this was uh, especially tough for me because there I combined two things. So uh, when you are when you shoot film, you have you never have the option to check your display if that shot you just took is is a good one while the while the digital ones had their pictures finished in the at the same evening right and they were chimping all the time if if they got the shot and if not they just uh-huh. took a second one and <clears throat> i had i had in total i think 60 rolls of film with me so that makes six zero. Six zero that makes in total with my with uh, the pentax six by seven um 600 pictures for an entire trip of three weeks so um yeah i did not have the option to <laughs> put my camera on burst mode and that just shoot away and pick the best pictures. And 600 pictures uh, in comparison to, I, I remember returning with, I don't know, four and a half thousand pictures. Yeah, right. I, I know that some of us took, took the 600 pictures in one day mm-hmm. and I had them for three weeks. So that was especially tough because it was more important than ever that I believe in what I see and that I believe in the pictures I mm-hmm. take and that I just not question my decision, but... Go for go for the scenes and go for the stuff I like, and I recognize that whenever I look left and right to what the others do, I to completely lose my ability to to have my view with me and to look at the things the way I usually do it. Mm. So I'm I'm totally thinking, often thinking is, oh, is that good enough? Or was that shot a better one? Or was that shot just mm. too static and I should go more for the people? And I normally have a good ratio from people to detail, to abstract shots, to landscape shots. It's just mm. what I what I like to shoot. And during that trip, it was this this as- aspect, uh, this ratio that, I I didn't get it. I was so after the shots the others took. I mean, I got. Did you try to replicate what the others were doing? Yeah, a bit, a bit. Uh, I, I mean, I got a few excellent shots. I mo- may may not have gotten without that. Uh, so a lot more of a lot more people shots, more, more portraits, more. So I had to leave my comfort zone. Of course, I mean that was a good good thing. On the other hand, a lot of shots I usually would have taken that I especially like that also cover cover a country or cover the character mm-hmm. of a country I did not get because I I was constantly looking left and right and that that stressed me out. Um, and then let, let yeah. me let me just interject here for a second because uh, I want to mention one thing that is really important in this context and that is. After you returned home and you started developing those rolls of film and started scanning them, there were an amazing amount of gems that you discovered that easily surpassed a lot of the stuff that I did there. So, so in in terms of wow, in terms of story, in terms of um, in terms of emotional content that that I couldn't have that that I didn't do. That I couldn't get. My my shots are way more analytic, way more. I don't know. Um, it it is really interesting. Let's agree to disagree in this regard. <laughs> well, okay, but 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 I'm. And there is there's there's this big discrepancy here, where you were so out of your comfort zone during the shoot, but later on, you started to discover all these amazing photos that you took. But some of them a month or more later. It it, it it took me a while though because I was still so in the uh, impression that 
I had I had already seen so many pictures from all the guys with me that shot digitally. So mm -hmm. I had already seen so many pictures, and I couldn't find those pictures in mine. Mine were so different in many regards. So mm -hmm. um, it, it took me a while to recognize that I had good pictures there, just different pictures. And this is what I mean. Um, I I I have to trust myself to take good pictures. And um, because I you, because you can and you do take good pictures, but I I tend to lose that that ability to really trust in myself, and I see that also. Second second thing, right now I am trying to get get a bit back to di uh, shooting digitally, uh, to shooting digital, so um to. Uh, to, to also feel comfortable with a camera that has not film in there. And um, that makes me uncomfortable in a different way because um, I lost my ability to pre-visualize um, bits and bytes and the picture that I've taken with a digital camera. But it works with film? It works with film. I know exactly <clears throat> what kind of film I have in there. and I, I know the contrast character of that film. I know how I want to develop it and which, which developer to use so I actually have the look of the film kind of yeah I pr have have that pre-visualized so because if because the the film does a lot of the work right exactly and I know when I take a certain kind of slide film that I love that it gets me moody hard hard contrast a moody look and feel and I know when to use that and I know exactly from okay we have this weather today and I I am in this mood so I take this kind of film to get mm -hmm. the pictures I want mm -hmm. to. and um, But I want to go back to shooting also with a digital camera because it's so much <clears throat> so much faster and sometimes I want the quick results and I also want to share my pictures earlier on social platforms. Not, or on not a month or two later. Not a month or two later. So it will never, it will never cut film photography away from me. This is just not possible. That's where my heart is. But... I know that I was able to shoot with a digital camera and to get good pictures out of that. So I want to go back to that. And now I see that looking at a RAW, how it comes out of the camera, camera is so disappointing to me. This is such a non-picture <coughs> that, I, that I again have the problem to see what, what I saw when I pressed the shutter button. Mm -hmm. um, and to bring, it, to bring it to that emotional quality and to the... To yeah, the the meaning I had in mind when I when I pressed the shutter. Hmm. Uh, when I go back to Ethiopia, sorry, I have to I have to stick around Ethiopia just for a second because uh, because that was really an interesting experience for both of us. Um, you, uh, the, the, here's a question to you: Do you think that um, your I don't know. You're being in, is being intimidated the right word? Um, <clears throat> surely was, yeah. Do you do you think that also has to do that the other photographers around you were only guys? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you if you if you follow if you follow my 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 social media, yeah. you will you will understand that this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, women in photography, I believe, are um, well don't really exist that much outside of a few specific fields. And I think that's a problem. Yeah, most probably, yes, it was related to that fact. On the one hand, that I recognized them being much more 
yeah, offensive even when of, in no, which way? Um, when going for 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 sh for a sh uh, specific shot. So really flirting with the people, but not only flirting, but really going in the the entire way to get this specific shot, even if even if a person did not really want to. Uh, get their picture taken okay that was the one thing and i'm i'm just not able to do that it's it's i'm feeling really bad about this i mean there's there's one there's one thing if you if you do a let's say a street portrait of someone to to try to create some report to try to get a smile because right. that, that will That will make the situation easier. Getting a smile is not a problem at all. I think consent is important and you only get a smile with a certain amount of consent. But you you can... I, f I felt not comfortable with, with the way some of them got the picture. Mm -hmm. um, that was the one thing. And then I had, uh, especially in La Libella... I mean, let's, let's be specific. What did they do? I mean, is this, is this something they that... over Sometimes they just overwhelm people. They really... Uh -huh. so they talk to them and get, get after them. Got after he heavy them, flirting, talk, sort of. Heavy flirting. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's still a way out for people. That's not the point. But I would, I would stop so much earlier in saying, okay, this pe people... This person obviously does not want the picture taken, so I don't get. I just don't try, mm -hmm. because I think um, when we travel to a country like Ethiopia, we are in a, we are more in power than the people there there are, because the the money we spend just to get there, some of them will not earn in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. So there is um, an. There's an imbalance. There's an imbalance. The, the level of power is not the same. So um, you come with a big camera and the big lens in front of that and just hope that that the yeah that, that you get the shot and that you get it without paying for it, maybe even that. And um, I'm, I'm just so aware that um, I would have to treat the people as respectfully as possible because even me being there and uh, looking for looking for shots I would not get in Europe. That is a bit like going to a zoo. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. very directly speaking. So I, I, I know that um, now people will, will um, be, be offended of, my, of that, what, I, what I say. But, um, <laughs> It's okay to offend. <laughs> and I think you have to be especially careful to really keep that amount of respect that, you, that every per person has the right to get. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is that's a human right to be treated respectfully and i think if you go into a country where people have do not have the privileges you have you have to be super aware of that uh -huh. okay um that is that is the behavior of others that stresses you out about photography yeah and also right? because i question myself am i am i capable of doing it the right way the way that I mean, I'm telling I'm telling their story and not mine. Being being a tourist from a from a wealthy country and travel to a country that is where people are poor, oftentimes, and um, that that is something I have to get right. And um, looking at others, I'm back and forth between oh, I would so I would so love to get this shot too. And on the other hand, uh, if if I get it, did I treat the people in hmm. the right way? It's 
I think I think there is some similarity to the to the ethical exit discussion that we mm-hmm. had of months and months ago, maybe a year ago, maybe, where some photographer suggested uh, for wildlife photography to uh, to have additional information on the picture that tells you how this picture came to be, what uh, if the pictures uh, if the animals were manipulated if they were yeah. captured if they were released if they survived the shot that kind of stuff i mean that is an extreme example but um yeah I got I, i'm i'm just i'm just wondering if we need something or if it would be advisable to have something along those lines for i would for, I, for human situations absolutely i would at least recommend to to maybe take a few notes on how the picture came to be and how maybe the also the the dialogue between you and for example, the the person on the picture um, was because I got a lot of questions when I published a few of my portraits from the Afar girls. Which which and I was I was present there. Which um, you were by far the most cautious in the group. You allowed a relationship to form before you took the picture. It was absolutely clear that you had consent. It was a hundred percent clear that that person did not at all mind to be on the picture um so the what kind of comments did you get after you published some of those yeah first there was always the question did i have consent Mm -hmm. um which is a fair question absolutely it is um if i had the option to bring the picture back to the person of course i have not because uh i the most of the people don't have an email address where I could send a digital copy or whatever. We, we, we're, talk, we're talking about a, tr- a small tribe at the side of the road yeah, who exactly. are nomadic and will probably move to somewhere else. Um, there's no addresses of any yeah. kind. I got I got asked how, how many pictures were taken of that person. So how often did she have to play the model on that day? <laughs> and because if you, for example, if you travel to Kenya and you um, are in a hotel, some of the some of those trips get organized by the hotels, and some of the people they they being the model for in, during a day for fifty to hundred people. So mm-hmm. that was not the case when when we <clears throat> visit that that little village. Um, we got invited by the head of the village to come into the village. And it wasn't. It wasn't even an artificial situation. It no. was. It was more like let's stop, and then our driver went there and, uh, and asked, asked, yeah. and and then they they opened they opened their arms and welcomed us yeah. and showed us how to milk a goat, and it was, it was like this, yeah. this, this real interaction. Yeah. yeah, right. They invited us into the tent and show us how they lived, so everything, and and I got one picture of a girl behind the, a veil. Mm-hmm. And I know that her father tried to bring her to lower the veil so to get her picture taken without it. Mm-hmm. And I recognized that she was not comfortable with that. And we, with kind of a sign language, we agreed you that don't she... Need, you don't need a lot of words. No, no. We agreed that she can take have it, have it up. And it was even a more beautiful picture to me because that was how she, how she would dress during the day normally in, in front of foreign people or in front of people she, that are not part of a family. So that was the mo, mo, more authentic picture to me. And so yeah. it was the more important one. But I was, I was happy that I had the story to tell because I got asked really hard and really pressing questions. How, do you t- t- how, how did you take the picture? How was she feeling? How often had she, be, had 
she been modeling during that day and um, did they get money? Exactly those ethical exif kind of questions exactly. that yeah. uh, on the one hand I think are fair to ask. Um, on the other hand, it, I kind of wonder if we need different ways to tell these stories because the picture itself obviously doesn't isn't sufficient. No, it isn't. And um, and I think on the one hand, if you travel to a country and you want to portray the country. You, I think you have to take pictures of the people because they are part. Of course, they they form the country, they form the society. So if you want to tell the story, people have to be part of that. Um, so I think it's it's a lot to ask to ask. It's a lot to ask people to go to a country and do not take pictures of the of the people there. But you always have to really think of how to do it. Um, you have to think beforehand. I think if you're willing to pay something and. And yes, if in how and how and how much, and I think it's a good way also to to discuss that among photographers. How do we want to approach people, and how do we set boundaries, or how do we how do we accept boundaries people people set and said when they I say mean, in, yeah. In, in general, if you uh, if you are a respectful being that shows respect to others around you. Um, I mean, that's just a general thing. Accepting boundaries uh, mm -hmm. should be the norm. There, there, there shouldn't be any any transgressions of any kind unless there is consent. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you always have to think about the story you want to tell. Is it your story as a foreigner in, mm. a, in a foreign country or are you interested in the story the people have to tell? Be it visually, so because you normally do, do not speak the language and it's difficult yeah. to to really get their story, but to th really think about what what do you tell and is it is it do you just reproduce reproduce ah, reproduce reproduce something you have read written uh, you have read in a National Geographic or is it something new? Is it something you f feel when you're there and is it uh, the story of the people? One thing that I think complicates matters if you travel um, is that there is a language barrier. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, when you're there, it is surprisingly easy most of the time to get to the consent part where you smile at someone, you point at the camera, they smile back and they give you a very clear sign that, oh, of course, you can take my picture. I had this so many times mm -hmm. that um, th it's, it's obvious in the moment that you are not coercing them into doing something they don't want to. Rather the opposite. Very often people are like, hey, come on, let, let me pose for you. Let me show you, I don't know, my craft. Let me demonstrate something for you. And you are more than welcome to take pictures. This happens all the time. But you do not have a record of that. And that, I think, is an additional problem. And, of course, it's hard to have them sign something or if you can't even speak the language. So I think that is a problem. I think it's also important to make them aware that you're taking the picture. You you oh, can yeah. get a lot of shots with a telephoto lens from far apart and the moment the person recognizes <laughs> that you just have taken the picture, it's too late. And they are too far away to do something or it's really it's too late and the picture is in the can. And I think it's a for myself, I think it's a good way to really go into the scene with a, with a really only light telephoto or even standard lens or wide angle lens and really move into the scene and give give the people the option to opt out and to say, nope, 
mm. that is that's much too close. <clears throat> and on the other hand, you have to open up and you you strip yourself from a certain amount of power when you go into that scene in a in a in a moment where you're maybe out of your comfort zone. And so you you make more an equation out of that because you are so so close to the people and you're so part of the equation and I think there's also part of the consent to really make them aware this is my I have to go in I cannot hide behind my telephoto lens but I have to go into the scene and yeah really interact <clears throat> and yeah uh, 100% agreement for me because um, I've been uh, I've been saying this for the longest time that if you do any sort of street photography, and that is kind of street photography, mm -hmm. in a, in a, even in a foreign country, um, the shorter lenses, the wider um, lenses, the shorter focal lengths create uh, more of a balance of power because yes, you have to be closer and uh, they, they will notice you much, much more. And you will, you, you will also create the situation where they will have an opportunity to opt out. And I, th I think the other thing that's important is that it's your job as a photographer to be a lot more sensitive to signals from others, to be, to have your your antennae up and and realize that that is probably a no. Absolutely, and to to be able to do that, I think you have to do your homework and research a bit on the place you are going to. Mm. So research about society um how do the people interact um how are the f the structures in society or the structures in family how are women going to be treated is it okay for them to be to be seen in a group of male photographers for example so i think you owe it to your pictures and um to the people to to know what you're going for And to do at least a base amount of research on that what 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 is waiting for you, and be sensitive when you do it. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. There we go. Um, I want to thank Monica. Thanks, Monica, for being so open about your experience and your feelings. Um, and of course, <laughs> being who I am, it's in my nature to to immediately jump to to searching for solutions to the issues you mentioned but uh, honestly i think there won't be a silver bullet i i mean let's take the example of the uh the ethical exif thing that i hinted at for for travel and people photography uh and and of course i i think it would be great to have that information for any kind of photography that involves people, not just other countries, but uh, like the street photography that you do where, where you live or in any other city. Just imagine there was a way to include meta information in photos like, I don't know, was the person on the photo aware you were taking their picture? How did you communicate with them? Was it verbally? Was it by gestures? Were they happy for you to take their picture? And so on. I mean, there's just a whole lot of stuff that... it th The questions that Monica got asked, right? That is, I think, important things to to know. And, and uh, we, we, we have a hard time telling these stories. But of course, I'm, I'm realistic enough that I know that that wouldn't really work. Because, I mean, with all these kind of things, it, have to, it would have to rely on, on self-reporting. And 
<laughs> which photographer would incriminate themselves, right? If 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 they were if their ethical standards weren't that high. So I don't think there's an easy solution. I don't think there's a silver bullet. But of course, <laughs> as as someone who travels to other countries, um and as someone who takes photographers on on photo tours to those countries i mean i mean i'll go back to ethiopia in march and i'm really looking forward to that it's it's i mean such a great country with such great people and a, and a big part of what we'll do there is people photography we'll go to the to see the tribes in the omo valley and this is a, a lot about the, about this is building rapport building a, a relationship a short time relationship with someone um, and then take photos of people of their life of of their yeah whatever they they are happy with uh, f- for us to take pictures of and these kind of thoughts about respect and about that imbalance of power that stuff is on my mind and while it's clearly impossible for me to be impartial here because uh, yeah I, I do this is my part of my business uh, i think what i can do is uh, is to spread awareness that that it's okay to discuss these things that it's even necessary to think about all this about the uh, the implications of your photography and maybe i can even facilitate some form of discussion about that i think i think realizing this and and making it and speaking it out uh, uh verbalizing it is is the first step in into more awareness of this so uh yeah discussion among photographers among ourselves and uh i mean i, I wouldn't want this to be out in the in public i think there's uh I don't know. I just I think it feels better to have this discussion in with in the group first, uh, and I think the TFTTF Slack would be a good place to do that. So what I've done is I've created a, a channel, a genre dash travel channel. Um, that's what it's named, and I will link that in the show notes. So if you're on the Slack, you can get right on there, and if not, you uh, again at the end of the show, uh, I'll tell you how to get on the Slack. And maybe we can use that as a place to talk. Maybe we can use that as a place to to exchange our thoughts on this. Um, I would be happy to see you there. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Thank you. And that was it for today for this different episode. Thanks for being tuned in. If you want to talk, you can reach me on social media or just come and visit us in the TFTTF Slack again. There's a great community. There's discussions about all things photography and you are more than welcome to join us. And of course, again, thanks to everyone who supports this show on Patreon. Uh, it really makes a difference because your support allows me to go down different routes with this show and try different things, keep it interesting, explore new avenues. So, yeah, that's uh, that's thanks to your support. And the 45 wonderful people supporting every single episode are Jeremy Kerwin, Jeffrey Block, Alex Kroso, Bernhard Goldbach, 
Daniel Hertrich, Ken Davidson, Leslie Redland, Marco Binder, Matt Armstead, Peter Morrow, Scott Wurzel, Tom Stewart, Aaron Pinasov, Stu Silverman, Alan Bruce Horn, Andrew B., Anthony, Bartik Boski, Chadley Clark, Chandra, Christopher Greenhill, Dave Smith, David Recht, N. Kyung, Francesco Scaglioni, Greg Anastasi, Holger Krupp, James Trimble, Jim Caldwell, John Donahue, Josh Hopko, Jesmy AMR, Ken Berrien, Kyle Nishioka, Marvin Aaron, Michael Gruner, Peter M. Spreadling, Rob Duber, Robert Goschko, Ryan Gilio, Sina Farad, Stephen Sandler, Thomas Nielsen, Trevor Palmer, and Woody. Thanks, everyone. You're the best. And anyone else, if, you're like, if you'd like to become part of this wonderful group of great individuals, go to tfttf.com slash Patreon. Thanks. You're awesome. Music for the show by Jeff Smith, Simon Partner, and HB Kogerud. Publishing and Slack challenges by Release Pixie, Matt Rassiter, Armstead Slack invitations by Chief Invitation Officer, CIO Rusty Russ. And if you want to be part of this discussion, the link to get on the Slack is tfttf.com slash Y-Slack, W-H-Y-S-L-A-C. Okay, check the show notes. My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll find me on social media at Chris M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T. Go out and take amazing photos. Share them with the world. Be nice to each other. And happy shooting. 